The OCD and Anxiety Podcast by Robert James Coaching. Hello and welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Podcast, where we explore how to have a more positive relationship with anxiety disorders taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 30. Uh, Before we get going, just a quick reminder, if you want to uh, get my newsletter, which uh, you know you really want to, then uh, all you need to do is head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com. And there, if you enter your your email, you will get access to my free mini course uh, for OCD and anxiety. And you will get the the monthly newsletter, which is packed full of loads of really helpful tips and information about dealing with anxiety in a better way. So, moving on with today's show, and today I'm interviewing uh, Mina Soto, who is an anxiety and mindset coach, uh, songwriter, and podcast host based in Austin, Texas. Her years of experience with anxiety and OCD brought her closer to a a, a purpose that involves shining a light on others' abilities to heal and grow through their own intuition and by allowing them to see their anxiety as an alert system to expand on their own life path. So often she noticed humans will walk a road built on limiting beliefs and old patterns, all while suppressing their desires to create and live freely because so many avenues uh, life has decided for them. Her message is simple. Do what makes you happy. Take care of yourself. Show love and help where you can. The rest will fall into place. Her practice is built on helping you find the answers that are always from within, and she is only holding up a mirror for your deepest desires. You can find more information on Mina and her services on her website, www.minasoto.com, and all her podcasts, music, and updates on Instagram at underscore minasoto underscore. It's a really fascinating interview, And uh, Mina, being somebody who had to deal with OCD uh, on her own for many years, she has a really, uh, really good and intuitive understanding of uh, anxiety problems. And so she she provides lots of really uh, helpful uh, tips and information about how she overcame her own anxiety um, and how she helps her her clients. Uh, She's also a very spiritual person, so she talks quite quite openly and candidly about that and how uh, being in touch with the spiritual side of life has, has really helped her to find a lot of purpose and meaning. Um, we also look at creativity. Uh, obviously, Mina is a, a musician and she discusses that and how that can help with anxiety. And we discuss loads of other things as well. So I really do think that you're going to find this really, uh, really interesting and really helpful. And if you have any questions at all, please do uh, ask away. And many thanks, guys. Enjoy. Hi, Mina. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. That's great to have you on. So to start off with, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, please? 
Yeah, uh, my name is Mina and I live in Austin, Texas, and um, I'm an anxiety coach, mindset coach, and a musician as well. And um, yeah, just getting into that, trying to help people where I can. Fantastic. So um, you you have a bit of a story with anxiety your, yourself. Now, you, you've struggled over the years with anxiety. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a huge a huge journey. I don't, I don't think it's ever like really ending, but <laughs> um, the big part of it was when I was around 28, I just, my life kind of took a whole new turn. Um, I got sick from my bladder and I took some antibiotics that kind of triggered the anxiety. And I realized that I did have issues with it when I was really young, um, but it was just kind of magnified at this point in my life. And I realized it wasn't just you know, the antibiotic itself, it was a lot of things in my life that I had to really look at and intrusive thoughts started coming in and I didn't know what exactly was going on. So um, it just led me into a whole kind of holistic world and healing and really taking a look at how my mind works and going to cognitive therapy and realizing that intrusive thoughts were just thoughts. And um, it took a long time to kind of get there, but now that I understand it, it's something that I want to help other people understand because your thoughts are not you and you know that whole the whole beautiful spiel okay so so you kind of you would think that it was quite um quite obsessive in nature the kind of thinking and and the thoughts that were popping up yeah absolutely and I didn't know it at first but I realized that I was having just extreme dark thoughts as I would call them and you know fears of jumping out my window and fears of crashing my car and I would kind of look at it and say, what the hell is this? I don't, I don't understand what's going on. And I never had, um, you know, a history of mental illness in my family. So that kind of um, made me question it even more. But it wasn't until I got into cognitive therapy that I understood that it's actually quite normal. And it's just your brain being under so much stress that it doesn't know where to um, kind of put things. So yeah, it was definitely obsessive. It was, it was kind of scary for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. So, so you weren't actually fully diagnosed with with uh, OCD. However, it really does sound like OCD from what you're describing. Yeah, yeah. When I was with my therapist, who's actually my mentor now, she helps me with um, coaching and all that stuff. She, when I when I you know revealed to her or came out of the like OCD intrusive thought closet, <laughs> she was just kind of mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah, you have anxiety." um that these thoughts are totally normal and I'm like they are how are how is that normal um but yeah she helped me realize that it's just just a lot of stress on yourself that manifests in these kind of odd ways but the more I read about OCD the more I realized when I was younger that I had a lot of patterns that really aligned with it and still do when I go to work um you know I'm just very particular about certain things so um, yeah, it's like a, a, an everlasting journey, but it doesn't consume my life anymore, which is the great part of it. Yeah. And I think, I think what you just said there is quite interesting as well, because, um, you know, o- OCD is a spectrum really, you mm-hmm. know, and actually you can have a lot of the, um, symptoms of OCD, uh, and, and actually be, you know, if you actually went to a specialist and saw them, they probably would tell you that you, you are having OCD or you do have OCD, but many people don't go and see a specialist or a therapist. Many people kind of just, you know, like try to deal with the problems themselves and they, Mm -hmm. 
they, they really struggle because they don't know what the what the problem is and yeah. uh, that can be quite problematic so obviously you went and sought out help and uh, that clearly helped a lot so can you tell us about about the help that you got and, and why it was so helpful yeah um, well my cognitive therapist she's, she was very spiritual and I associate my whole anxiety journey with a spiritual awakening as well so everything she said just kind of aligned with what my soul was telling me that I had to really expand my world and the help that she provided was basically just letting me talk about these thoughts and not you know I, I couldn't talk to anyone about these thoughts like fear of killing myself or <laughs> fear of you know being gay or you know all these crazy crazy thoughts so when I would say these things to her she's like oh yes this is because you know x y and z and the the um the answer would line up with my life. Like my biggest thing was that I couldn't trust myself, that these thoughts were not actually me. Um, so just exposing myself to the truth of what those things really were was how I started to, to kind of lessen the blows of them. And they, they still hurt sometimes, the, the thoughts, because it feels like a punch in your gut. <laughs> However, I know enough of myself now, um, being 32 compared to 28, that all these thoughts are not me. Um, so just familiar, familiarizing yourself and knowing that one thing I noticed with the thoughts is that they would jump from person to person as far as the harm OCD. And that's how I knew that wasn't really me <laughs> because first of all, I would never hurt anybody, but also I, I noticed like, well, if it's jumping from person to person, I don't actually want to hurt this person, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, so it was just really, it, it was really interesting to learn that about my mind, but it was also very stressful, um, but very rewarding because um, I found stuff like, you know, people like you and your podcast and um, these really niche um, outlets for OCD that, I, even though I wasn't necessarily diagnosed, I recognized it and uh, know that it's actually quite normal. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of just exposure to it and talking about it that helped. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, that's a really good point as well. It's uh, it is actually incredibly normal. So mm -hmm. many people struggle with obsessive thoughts. I'm and surprised how many do. Yeah, it, it really it is surprising. It really is. Mm -hmm. And uh, it seems to be more and more people like yeah. uh, maybe that's something to do with, you know, social media and podcasts. And, you know, people are sharing a lot more about what they're going through with mental health issues these days. Yeah. And OCD is a spectrum. And so there's many people who have, you know, more mild OCD uh, who, who are functioning, who are able to get on with their life but their life is dramatically impaired by by the anxiety that you experience yeah. from OCD because you know the anxiety can be so bad sometimes when you're if you're experiencing harm OCD like you were just describing there mm -hmm. you know there's so much negative self-judgment oh and, yeah so know, much shame yeah so much shaming so much uh, self-shaming and you know a lack of self-acceptance and yeah you know, it's uh, horrible <laughs> yeah it really is and it, it takes away your confidence and your your, your own power you know and so I think it's uh it's really good that you've you've come through that well thank you and um I I saw one of your posts about um laughing at these thoughts and accepting them and that is a tool that really does help um that I learned along the way too is when you get to a point that you can laugh at these thoughts, you know that you're pretty close to the other side. So that's that's a great one to keep for sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, when, when I'm working with people, I often try to bring humor into, into the mix, you know, because... I love that. Yeah, because sometimes the thoughts are so heavy and the experience of, you know, is, is so difficult. But if you can bring a bit of humor and just see it from a slightly more positive uh, perspective, it can, yeah. it can really kind of make things a lot easier to deal with. Yeah, it's like the monster in the closet or something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so you had all these uh, experiences uh, with OCD. You started to work with your CBT therapist, mm-hmm. and uh, so what what really helped you the most with that? Um, hmm, that's a good question. It, it took a lot of little steps. One thing that I really held power in that was really really difficult for me to do was write out the thoughts mm-hmm. and um, keeping my holistic practices practices. I didn't, I never took medication because I'm just sensitive to that stuff, obviously, because it was a catalyst for my anxiety. <laughs> um, but writing the thoughts is something that's so scary to me because I think of a journal as something so personal. So when you put something in there, if you write, I want to hurt myself and you realize it kind of lessens the power of it, you kind of are scared that it's going to associate with your soul or you're going to read it back and say like, oh my God, I do want to hurt myself. You know, (laughs) it just creates this crazy, crazy loop. Um, But the more you do that, the more you can feel the energy of what is you and what is not you. Um, So that one was really powerful for me because it's so, so simple. Um, But yeah, again, just, just talking myself through it each time I had the thought and really looking at the truth of the situation and what is false. Um, You know, the logical stuff about it is that I don't want to hurt myself. Um, I know I want to live, you know, all these, these obvious things, but um, just writing it down. I think that's so powerful. Writing anything down is really powerful for like manifestation and anything, anything you want. Mm. Um, So yeah, that's a big one for me. I totally, yeah, I totally agree. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of the best diffusion techniques, I think, because yeah. when you can actually write something down on paper, you're getting it out of your head, you're getting yes. it down on the paper, you can start to spot the patterns of the unhelpful thinking. And somehow it just, it just makes it lose a little bit of power over you, you know? Yeah. And, and when you read it back over time, when you're kind of reflecting on, do I need to worry about this or do I need mm-hmm. to about it if you've been writing it down every day for the last two weeks you kind of start to realize (laughs) I really don't need to I know I don't because I've just been writing it down every day yeah yeah it kind of creates that space that breath in between that you can actually look at the truth and the the lie the quote lie of of the thoughts so yeah, yeah agreed agreed yeah, it takes a bit of work. You know, you mm-hmm. have to commit to doing it every day. And sometimes yeah. that's difficult. Obviously, we're all we're all pushed for time. But it's it's so worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that OCD is more prominent um, in people nowadays because of social stresses? I, I would say so. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, I mean, one of the things that has been helpful, I think, for OCD is social media, because it's made it uh, you know, something that more people are aware of, more celebrities yeah. are coming out and expressing their difficulties with mental health issues. And mm-hmm. that kind of greater connection that we have due to social media is great for that. However, mm-hmm. obviously, social media has a lot of problems <laughs> as well. Um, totally. You know, there was the uh, Netflix uh, documentary that came out recently. 
um the social dilemma is it called I think? oh yeah this, yes that was pretty scary <laughs> yeah and it was yeah it was terrifying and yeah. you know like um i i think unfortunately social media is causing uh, a lot of people to have a lot more anxiety um yeah. teenage teenage girls i think in particular oh, yeah. i mean teenage boys as well of course but there was research done into um you know into teenage girls and what was happening with social media on there and so many like kind of 14, 15 year old girls were having like enormous levels of anxiety related to, to social media. Um, so I think there's a really big connection there. And I think trying to trying to lessen the amount of time that we spend on social media is probably a good thing in, in general. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're using it, you know, like you do for good, I think. Um, yeah. I talk a lot about being like energetically responsible just with your words and what you put out because people can take it in so many different ways, but if you're using it to serve in a good way or to put um, voice to something, I think social media is fantastic, but you're right, there's a very dark side to it and it can debilitate people in so many ways and it's not real essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I agree with that, definitely. Yeah, and it's it's very, I mean, and it depends what social media you're using as well. So if you specifically, yeah you know, follow people on Instagram, for example, if you have an account that is like specifically on Instagram to follow anxiety coaches and therapists and other people who struggle with these issues, then it's right. a great tool. However, if you have another account, say on Twitter, where you go on, you know, just to kind of <laughs> argue with people who don't agree with your politics or whatever, yeah. Then, then it's like that can be very draining and exhausting, and uh, you know that can like lead to a, you know depression, anxiety, all sorts of other issues. So yeah, especially these past days here in the states, a lot of Twitter and politics going on. So absolutely, it's a little stressful. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. I bet it's been really intense. It has been. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay, and I wanted to uh, to ask you then because I'm I'm really interested in the the spiritual side of uh, anxiety as well. I mean, for me, it, it's a fascinating thing because I really, you know, o over the years as I started to get better from mm. OCD, uh, I really began to realize that the things that were making me better were all spiritual in in mm -hmm. nature. Th those were the things that that really helped me. The most and even like if you look at something like erp mm -hmm. you know ex ex exposure response prevention like even that in itself is quite spiritual it's, yeah uh, it's it's something that's making you face something that you are afraid of you know yeah and yeah. and not backing away from it really looking at it um taking your time to observe it to go into it to experience it to hopefully realize that actually it's not something that you you need to be afraid of exactly and overcoming that fear and and that is you know a very spiritual act um mm -hmm. but it, that's not it i mean obviously there's there's meditation and mindfulness that and acceptance that was like huge for me in my in my journey of you know yeah. of, of learning to overcome like these problems Absolutely. and and in, in more recent times, I've got into, um, the, I don't know if you know, a guy called Wim Hof. No, I haven't uh, heard. Okay, so he's like, uh, I just did a podcast on him, my, my last oh. episode. He, uh, he's, he's like, um, he's really famous now. So he basically, when he, when he was younger, 
he started to experiment with going into ice cold water uh, and, um, you know, and spending, you know, a long time in, in the cold. And when he, mm. what he found was that by, by kind of pushing himself into an uncomfortable place, into mm. his own discomfort, he was able to learn how to accept that discomfort and, oh, how, to, that. and how to still the mind in this really difficult environment. Uh, so, so the cold exposure was one part of his method. And then the next part is, is uh, a breathing method, which is mm -hmm. very deep breathing into the belly and up into the chest. Yeah. Uh, like uh, 30 or 40 times. And I'm giving you a very wow. brief synopsis. Uh, this and this then kind of changes your the chemical state of your body. I believe uh, that. And has a really positive impact on, for me personally, on my anxiety. It was really positive, but also mm -hmm. it's quite a spiritual thing. It really does something. You kind of come out of this experience <laughs> and you feel relaxed, you feel connected, you feel, yeah. you know, you feel really good. So both of those two, well, the, the method in general, that's, that's also been, you know, a spiritual kind of experience for me. Absolutely. Uh, and many other things since then as well. So I find it fascinating that, that you also have, uh, have had your own spiritual um, kind of things going on. So could you tell us a bit about yeah. your, your story there with that? Sure. Yeah, I, I want to listen to that podcast about the cold water. I've heard so many things about that. And I saw the, the My Octopus Teacher Oh, that's absolutely amazing. That. Yeah, okay. it's this, the same concept, right? He goes into this because he was, I, I think he was suffering from depression, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So it's the same kind of thing. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that spirituality became a part of it for you because um, I do believe in energy and um, I do have like communication with angels and I use that in my coaching. <laughs> um, so it's, it's like a whole nother veil or through the veil of something that is greater than us, but it's also a part of us. And learning that was something that was really familiar to me when I was going through my awakening and um, anxiety. Um, through that time, I wasn't, um, I always was drawn to angels when I was very young. I remember having them around all the time. And um, that's something that I think is important in my journey because I kind of shut that, that part of me off um, and then when I got into this whole period of anxiety, I, I had, I was never religious, but the idea of God was very far away for me. Um, and then when this started happening, I started asking God for help. And, <laughs> uh, when the thoughts were really bad, I remember, you know, literally you hear this so many times, but I dropped to my knees and I said, please help me. I don't know what's happening. Um, any way that I can convert this to helping some others. And it wasn't really like me to say that kind of stuff. So after that, this kind of expansion in me energetically started to happen. I started to notice um, just kind of little magical things occur. And mm -hmm. my daily life started feeling a little bit percentage better each day with the thoughts still. But if I was able to notice these things and take them in me and notice that I was creating them in a sense, then my life could be so much better. So I started to really get into my spirituality and, um, you know, get back in touch with my spirit guides and realize that a lot of my, um, my chakras were opening in a sense that I was able to communicate in this kind of way to help people, um, you know, use Oracle cards and get into crystals and just use 
stuff from the earth, but also of this frequency that we don't really quite understand because it doesn't really need understanding to me. I just know it when I feel it. And it feels like home for me. And that's the best way I can describe it. Um, and it doesn't, it's not all day, every day, but um, if I can feel it at least once a day, I know that I'm okay. And if I'm ever in an like OCD, anxiety, funk, um, I know that there is something more than me that's there to help. Um, so I think it's a big part of it, just connecting with yourself and knowing that there is support for you always. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. really interesting. So, so when you say you're... you're uh... Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. There's a watch going off. I'm so sorry. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Robert, I'm sorry about that. Oh my God, terrible. Amateur. Oh. Movie. No, 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 not at all. Don't worry. It's, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so next question. Um, yes. So can you tell us more about these spirit guides? I'm interested in, 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 in that. Yeah. yeah um, so I don't, some people know names of their spirit guides. Um, I've been told the names of them from, you know, like other psychics and mediums, but I, I mostly connect with archangels and angelic beings. Um, there have been names of the archangels that come through if I'm like channel writing or in that sense, but otherwise it's just a feeling of this connection that is very soft and very lovely and very easy to kind of ask questions for and you get a response that either you wanna hear or you don't wanna hear, but it's always in a loving way. So when you start to like ground and connect to that, <clears throat> you start to recognize like a language, you kind of feel the flow of it. And then, um, yeah, you create like a, um, just a connection and uh, communication with them that um, they are here to help in any sense. They're not here to do everything for you, but they are here to show you what you can do to enhance your life. And it's just a really beautiful thing. And I, it doesn't have to be something so grandiose for people because I think it can be kind of intimidating to hear that, you know, you know I have spirit guides, like what, what the hell is that? Um, you can just look at it as something as a part of yourself that's just an extension of you that is supporting you and you are in turn just supporting yourself in a bigger way. Um, so yeah, and um, I use Oracle decks a lot of the times which are like angel cards. So they like to send really lovely messages that way yeah 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 no it's, it's, it's interesting absolutely yeah 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 cool. have you had any experiences uh with this kind of thing no <laughs> no well, most... anyway, i think <laughs> yeah i mean like like i say up and up until this point my my experiences have been more more in the kind of mundane areas of spirituality <laughs> i'd say um you know, maybe I I I I did have an experience with a couple of experiences with uh, ayahuasca uh, oh, really? that were were that were really intense. I'll do a I'll do a podcast a podcast episode about that at some I point. I would love to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> now, just a quick disclaimer to say, although I have tried uh, psychedelics, uh, I do not recommend them for people who have OCD or intense anxiety. And that's because actually uh, it can be quite a difficult experience and it can actually make anxiety worse. And for people who are predisposed towards schizophrenia, it can actually bring schizophrenia on. So, um, you know, I, I would say be very careful with these uh, substances. So now that you, you've kind of, you know, you've got to a place where you feel comfortable with 
with your OCD and, and anxiety. Now you obviously you're you're working as a coach and you're you're helping other people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not with OCD people. Um, I mostly help people with anxiety and mindset, and they're mostly musicians, which is interesting um, because I can understand like the creative side of you know not being able to create because you're in an anxious state. So um, that's basically my clientele right now, which is it's fun, it's good, I love it. Mm, yeah, yeah. And that's that's really interesting as well. So music is a big part of you of your life as well. Mm-hmm. So can yeah. you tell us about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a whole, man, that's a whole other world too. Um, I've been playing since I was so young and it, it when I was going through anxiety, I kind of shut that part off too. It was kind of like this whole, you know, reevaluating of who I am and what I want. And um, now that anxiety coaching and music are coming into like this one world, it's really interesting for me because I've always kind of separated the two as far as like, this is the box that I help people in. And this is, for me, the music and all that good stuff. But if I can combine them and still help people and still make music and um, all that good stuff, then even better. Um, so yeah, it's a huge part of my life. It's probably about half, half and half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. music therapy is a growing area as well, no? Yeah, yeah I've read about that actually, yeah. Um, there's something in in when I am in anxiety and listening to a certain playlist or certain um, music at a certain time of day, which is kind of OCD ish, <laughs> kind of helps alleviate that stressor on myself. So, um, that's always been a really good tool for me to just listen at a certain time that I know I'm going to feel anxiety, or I know that I'm feeling a little bit more stressed than other times of the day. Mm. And what, what kind of music do you listen to then that would help you with that? Um, I have like a real connection to, you know, 70s songwriters. I love Jackson Brown and Tom Petty and all those guys. Anytime I hear their songs, I'm just like, oh man, everything's okay. It's good. <laughs> um, I think because there's just an essence of truth in their songwriting. And if I can connect to truth in that moment, then I'm okay because I can recognize it in myself. Um, so that goes like pretty deep for me, but you know, in an overall sense, hopefully that helps someone if they are toying with music as their their therapy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, a bit of Tom Petty, a bit of free falling. It's uh, yeah, <laughs> soulful music. You no, know? it's oh, uh, yeah. you know so much modern music. You just get the opposite vibe to it. I don't, not all of it, of course. There's lots of wonderful modern music. Of course, yeah. A lot of kind of pop music where it's just kind of it's so commercial, and it's uh, it kind of feels a bit soulless a lot of the time. It yeah. is soulless now. Um, the industry's changed so so much, and there's a niche group of you know artists that are doing their own thing and still being authentic about it. And those are kind of the people that, you know, I gravitate towards and a lot of people I know gravitate towards, but yeah, pop music is garbage for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, not uh, all, not all. Sorry? Not all, but yeah, some. <laughs> not all. yeah. And what about the, uh, the creative process? Because certainly for me, I know when I'm focused on creative projects, and I have, you know, things that I'm doing that are related to my values, you know, like a big part of the work I like to do is um, based on acceptance commitment therapy, which is okay. all about working out your values and, you know, being in the present moment, accepting difficult experiences and anxieties. And if you have creative projects, what I tend to find is you can work on, you know, several values at a time. Mm-hmm. 
you know yeah. so if you're working on like a musical project you know like if you are collaborating with with some people then you know there's so many different values that you you can hit on through that yeah. uh, experience you know you're creating but you're also working together with friends and building relationships um and you know you're using your your talents and so it's uh, i really do think that when we have things that we are committed to that mm -hmm. that that we really enjoy doing and you know that we can be creative through that can really help us through difficult times you know sometimes more than uh, than a lot of other things i believe yeah 100 percent. yeah and um i think the creative process is again an, an extension of you um touching something that you can't always touch it's it's a something that you have to catch and bring down into your field so being a creative person is we're all creative um but it's recognizing that we are bringing something into a three-dimensional sense that is completely unique and um, completely ours. And it's just very special. So I think I, I encourage more people to do creative things, not only for anxiety, but just for themselves to see that trust in themselves and confidence that, oh, I created this thing from this place of myself that I don't even fully understand, but I know it's me. Mm -hmm. And I know that even if it's not perfect, it's something to show. Um, yeah, I think it can be a spiritual thing as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I I also think I don't I don't know what you think about this, but I think it can also be a helpful tool for motivation, because yeah. you know, like as we know, with with getting better from anxiety, it, it does take work sometimes, mm -hmm. and it does take kind of exposing yourself to difficult feelings and sensations, and sometimes we just don't want to do that. You know, right. sometimes we just want to stay on the on the couch and watch net Netflix and not mm -hmm. deal with the things that are giving us that nervousness or that, you know, whatever. Uh, so sometimes you do need the motivation. And if you have things that you value and that you care about, projects that you really want to complete, you know, but it means that you have to go out there in the world and you have to meet these people and you have to overcome this problem and you, you know, it gives you that motivation because if it's if you're doing things that you know you're just doing it for um maybe for kind of like reasons from outside of you you know mm -hmm. to to get respect from some people or right. to you know like whatever things that are not coming from inside then it's quite hard it can be quite hard to motivate yourself to push through these difficult things but if you're doing it for valid reasons for things that you truly care about that are important to you then i think it can it can give you that motivation yeah and it it definitely shapes who you are as well um i think as far as like you and i talking how we were talking before about the podcast like it can be a lot of work but it's so rewarding and i try to fill my days with more stuff that i want to do as opposed to stuff that i have to quote, have to do. Hmm. And, you know, the coaching and podcasting and music all fall into that 80% of my day. So like making an intentional schedule of like this, these are the things I really want to do today. And following that um, creates a different frequency other than anxiety, rather than I have to do this thing and I get overwhelmed and, um, you know, it lessens the load around it. So I'm, I'm just, I'm really passionate about people like in creating their own life, like do whatever you want to do. <laughs> do you want to do a podcast? You want to be a coach? 
um, you want to do, you want to be a teacher, like do that, just follow that because that's going to lessen your anxiety. Anxiety is like a, for me, it's like an alarm clock that you're out of alignment or something is not right, yeah, or you're absolutely. not living. Absolutely. Yeah. Or you're not living authentically, or you're not following that, that call. And the more you kind of shrink into that and don't listen to that, those opportunities are just going to kind of go, it's, it's like creativity. You have to catch it and just kind of take the steps to get there. Um, but it's, it's not always easy. And sometimes it is okay. You know, of course, like you said, to sit and be, you know, anxious, but, um, if you want to live your life fully and, and happily, then you got to take that initiative to create what you want to create and do what you want to do, not just what you think you have to do. And that's a constant practice that I'm learning, but I think it's so important, especially nowadays, um, like we were talking about just social pressures of having a life that people think they need to have they don't they don't need to do anything they don't want to do <laughs> they can do whatever they want so yeah, absolutely. that's my spiel <laughs> no I, I think you're spot on I couldn't agree more with what you were saying about you know anxiety being something related to the fact that you've got off your path that yeah. you're not following like you know what you really truly want to do in your heart yeah. and when you're not doing that then you are going to feel anxious you know and and that that again is another reason why i see this kind of spiritual kind of root it's, mm -hmm. it's that kind of thing it's that spiritual side of yourself like telling you no this is this is not the best way for you to be living your life you know yeah you there there is another way yeah 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 definitely so it's, uh, yeah it's really I, I i think you're you're absolutely spot on yeah, it's a beautiful thing. So did you always, did you always want to be a teacher? Is that something that I always called to you? Well, I think, uh, <laughs> I think I've always wanted to do things where I try to help people. I try to make a difference. Yeah. Uh, not that I'm an angel in any way, but like, I just want to, uh, you know, I want to try. You might be. I might be. I never know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I want to try and make a difference if I can, you know. Um, I love that 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 motivates me and so yeah that's why I guess I went into teaching but I think I also went into teaching a little bit because it was a kind of thing that was kind of uh you know would make me feel good about myself and would right. make me feel like I was you know I was successful in society and I, I would mm. be well respected because it's a respectable profession teaching these yeah. kind of out outside of my own uh, sphere of influence kind of things that actually are you know not as important as the initial things that I was talking about kind of wanting to make a difference and wanting to help people um, yeah. and so yeah there was definitely some there was definitely a part of me that was doing it you know to to be to be respected and to to have to feel like I belonged in society right. um, and, you know, I wanted to be, I wanted to succeed in a profession like that. And I, I guess I did. I went and did it for 10 years and I succeeded. I did, I did really well. And I'm, I'm sure that I uh, helped, you know, a, a lot of kids over the years. And, of course. And helping them to learn and read, you know, to read and write and to, to, to add and subtract and, you know, all of these things that, that primary school teachers do. I'm, I'm proud that I did that. However in the last kind of three years of, of it, I really wanted to, to stop. Mm -hmm. 
but I didn't feel like I could. I kind of felt trapped. I felt like, like you know, this, this, is, this is my chosen profession. And, mm -hmm. you know, this is what I've trained for. So I can't change now. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be doing this for like the rest of my life. And I carried on and I carried on. But there was like, you know, that was that voice telling me, no, like you've done this now for long enough. You, you want to do something else. And mm -hmm. in the end... I, you know, I kind of gave in and said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to become a coach. I'm going to go into anxiety work and I'm going to do this. And so I started to follow my, my passion, but for three years, it, I was okay, but I was kind of, you know, I, I felt that kind of, I knew that I wasn't on my path and yeah. that I needed yeah. something change you know you always know yeah it's like a feel it's a, there was like a hollowness in me when I was going through working like a nine to five and I'm like I don't this just sucks I don't want to do this you know there's a there's like a and it's like an empty room in your soul or something <laughs> it's it's bizarre but I'm so glad you listened to that yeah yeah me too me too it's uh you know it was a big change but it was definitely definitely worthwhile so worth it yeah. yeah. So you, That's um, awesome. you, uh, obviously you're a podcaster as well. So can you, can you tell us about your, the, the two different podcasts that you, you have? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, so I have a music podcast, it's called Artists Loving Artists. And it's basically just my musician friends and I getting together and talking about mutual artists that we love. And, um, I like to get like really deep into the psychology of like, why do you like the song? What makes you feel this way? And a lot of my, uh, pals are, are guys, so they don't get that deep, but I try to like poke it out of them as much as I can. Um, because I always kind of see this little glimmer of kind of what we're talking about, like, yeah, this makes me feel this certain way that I can do this certain thing. So I think there's like a little psychology in that, which is interesting to see. Um, not that I'm, you know, an expert in this. I just kind of do it intuitively, but it's more of like a laid back casual podcast. And then the um, Bird in a Cage podcast, which I hope you'll be a guest on, is a, a podcast designed to inspire your flight of freedom. So it's a lot like what you were talking about in your uh, three, your, um, I'm sorry, your teaching and realizing that you want something more, you know, you're essentially in a, a metaphorical cage and you have the key, but you're not quite sure how to utilize it. Um, and it usually takes something like anxiety or some kind of life event to help you turn the key and fly free. So um, I felt like a bird when I was in anxiety. So I kind of named it after that. And I just have people on like you who are very inspiring and trying to help people in whatever endeavors that they're trying to create and um, just have a story to tell. So that's uh, in association with the coaching so that I kind of refer clients to that and, and all that good stuff. So yeah, they're both different, but both very fun. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. No, yeah. it's, it's uh, you know, I, I think it's really interesting, your your story, what, what you've, uh, what you've managed to to achieve. I think the podcast Thank is, you. is such a, it's such a great thing. It's such a great way to be able to express yourself and to, to find out more about, uh, about other people. And yeah. how often do we have an opportunity these days to have a conversation where you know a telephone doesn't interrupt at some point or an apple watch yeah <laughs> or an apple watch indeed. <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah people crave that connection and anxiety goes hand in hand with that too i think people want connection and to be able to talk about these things and um i don't know this this kind of format seems to be working for a lot of people and 
I don't know. I would have never met you if, if this whole thing hadn't gone down. And it's it's just very interesting to see how the world connects and how we all connect. Um, it's a good thing. I think it's on the right track. Hmm. And do you think uh, because you know obviously you you you're very much a spiritual person. I'm I'm kind of moving more in that direction. Um, but do you think there's a kind of uh, a problem sometimes for for people to to uh, accept spirituality in, into their into their lives and you know because obviously there's there's a bit of stigma sometimes surrounding that word spirituality for some people they hear that and it's an instant turn off you know they they kind of don't want to know <laughs> what do you what yeah. do you think about that yeah I definitely think there's a stigma there's a resistance to it um for two reasons, I think because people associate it with religion mm. and you don't necessarily have to have a religion or believe in a God. Um, so I think people kind of are like, Ooh, I don't, I, I'm, you know, I'm Christian or I'm Catholic. I don't, I don't touch that, but it's really just a, uh, a relationship with yourself. And then um, the other thing is that I think people have an idea of what it needs to look like, or, you know, it has to be meditation. It has to be yoga it has to be oracle cards and it's it's not it's whatever calls to you it's whatever you feel in that you know in your gut um i say it feels like taking a warm drink basically you feel just completely at ease and relaxed and you are connected to yourself and that is spirituality you're connecting with something that's going to help move you um to a better version of yourself <clears throat> and it's not linear and it's not pretty at times but if you're willing to to follow that, it can lead to just such an expansive world. Um, and my life isn't like crazy perfect, but it's so much better because I started to listen to myself. And that is my spirituality is that I was able to tune into it and play with it and not be afraid of it, even though I can be a little freaked out sometimes if, you know, some like, you know, when I have messages come through or something, but I know that it's in good frequency, so I'm not afraid in a certain, in, in another sense, it's a different kind of quote fear. Um, but it's also like your personal power. People are afraid to dive into that part of themselves because they're, they're not sure what they're going to find. They're scared of what they'll find, especially with people with OCD. It's kind of like, what am I going to find? What if it takes over me? What if I, mm. um, what if it's something that I don't agree with, but it keeps keeps coming up for me. This happens a lot with me actually with religious things, which is kind of bizarre. Um, I do have like quote religious OCD maybe because when I see certain things, sometimes I'll attach to the idea and I'll, I'll be so afraid of it for some, it's very bizarre, but um, I know that I don't hold religion. So it may be kind of like a guilt thing or something from growing up. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a fear of seeing themselves in that kind of aspect that I think, um, kind of steers people away from it but I encourage it it's just an expansion of of you and getting to know you yeah I, li I liked what you said there about you know spirituality doesn't have to be any particular thing it's not yeah. like religion and I, I I agree I think many people are put off by by uh by you know the idea of religion and it's yeah. nothing it's nothing to do with that it's the way I see it spirituality is however you make sense of the world you're in yeah. your own personal way you know, so it might literally just be going outside and appreciating, you know, the trees and the sky exactly. and the sunset. It can be as simple as that, you know, just 100% jump, jump some appreciation for, for nature. 
or for me, you know, like it's, it's very much, you know, like when I'm doing this, this uh, breathing method, or if I'm going into the cold, um, I love to go for a run and then like mm-hmm. in the sea in winter, because amazing. it's just, I feel like incredible. I jump in the sea, you know, I've, I've been running for 10 K I come back, I'm really hot and kind of bothered. So I jump in the sea and I just feel like connected, you know, yeah. like in the moment. It feels so good. The cold water, like, just feels incredible. It kind of, you know, you get a rush of endorphins from it and you just feel, right. you know, really connected. So, but you're also very grounded. So it's like a grounded euphoria is mm. what spirituality is, you know. Yeah. You're connected, but you're not up here. You're you're all of it. You're yeah. everything. So yeah. that's really beautiful. I love that. Yeah, it's great. That's yeah. awesome that you do that. <laughs> I could never do that. <laughs> applaud you <laughs> you uh you start with cold showers that's that's the thing that's a key uh, okay. i think when if paltrow talked about that once <laughs> yeah you, well you don't have to have an uh, like an outright cold shower you can have your normal shower and then uh, to start off with just 30 seconds at the end you put on the cold tap for 30 seconds i'll try it i'll try and it. that's it and then you jump out <laughs> uh and just by doing that actually you get a lot of the benefits um, yeah of of, you know, if, if for someone who maybe has a four minute kind of cold shower, just doing the 30 minute, uh, th- sorry, 30 seconds at the end, not 30 minutes. You have to do 30 minutes uh. in the cold shower, otherwise it's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, spirituality, just, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, just 30 seconds and at the end of the hot Amazing. shower is, is enough to get a lot of the benefits. And it's really good for the body. You know, mm-hmm. it, um, it gives your vascular system, particularly ice baths. Ice baths are, you know, incredibly uh, good for the body, but you need to be careful. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, a gradual exposure to the cold. People should never spend longer than two minutes if they're going to have an ice bath. They should probably make sure somebody's there with them when they do it to, to make sure they don't have a problem. So it's kind yeah. of gradual exposure to, to ice cold water, but there's so many benefits you know, like I believe vas- it. The vascular system gets a really strong workout because the arteries and veins have to close so that the the kind of warm blood can pool in the in the core and keep the organs nice and warm. Um, yeah. It reduces inflammation that allows the free flow of you know serotonin in the brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it, it uh, increases um, metabolism. So it can be, you know, it can be good for weight loss. There's so many different areas that it's, that it's beneficial for. So the body is incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. I got to read more on that. Definitely. Yeah. That's so yeah. fascinating to me. <laughs> and that's a lot like OCD exposure. You know what you're talking about? <laughs> little yeah, by little. <laughs> it, it is. And that's what I, I'm trying to, you know, I, I want to in the future. I mean, I'm training to be a, a Wim Hof instructor right now. Oh, cool yeah so in the future i, I really want to, to run retreats uh, oh my gosh that'd be you know, amazing we, we we do this you know we do the the wim hof like breathing and the cold exposure because in my opinion you're you're spot on with what you just said there it, it is it's like a practical way to <laughs> do experience uh to experience um you know acceptance mm-hmm. because so often we hear from coaches and therapists, you need to learn how to accept your anxiety, you yeah. know, and it's really annoying. It's one of my, like, like, what? 
hates because it's like it's like uh it's such a contrary thing to say it's like well how on earth do you accept something that you you know you've been pushing away your entire life yes yeah you know, definitely it, it's such a like a contrary thing to say and it can be quite frustrating whereas right. going into the cold is a practical way to experience acceptance yeah you know, that's beautiful literally breathe into the discomfort and learn mm -hmm. to accept it and you can you can do that and then you can apply it to other areas in life yeah you're actually yeah you're doing the physical part of it and that way your brain can kind of adjust to it as opposed to like trying to get your brain to adjust from the inside it yeah i understand what you're saying yeah <laughs> that's it, awesome that's yeah, so cool learning from experience yeah you're onto something there definitely <laughs> <laughs> so if you um if if you had like kind of one one tip from your experiences with with dealing with anxiety and ocd and mm -hmm. Um, and overcoming it and becoming becoming a coach you know what what would your your tip be mm. that's a great question um there is one thing that i saw um a quote if you will it's basically focusing your energy on building what you want as opposed to trying to fix the problem because first of all it's not a problem it's just an alert system and it manifests different for, for different people. Um, but if you focus more on what you want your life to look like, then that noise kind of settles and you're able to see yourself more fully. Um, I think sometimes it's important to go deep and see why that's happening, but it's, it's not good to stick around there because you can get caught in that vibration mm. and you can keep creating it for yourself in different avenues. So the more you focus on what you want, the better your life will be. <laughs> And don't do things you think you should do. Do what you want to do. <laughs> that's okay, it. That, that's really interesting. So you think kind of creating, you know, in a, a vision in your head in a way of where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, because you want to have, yeah, I, I understand the idea of working with your anxieties. I think that's important. But don't get stuck there because people can live their lives in that that circle hmm. um but uh, it's kind of tricky because we you and i kind of live quote in that circle but we're using it to help other people um but if you're just trying to get out of it in a sense you know you want to have a vision for where you want to be as opposed to where you are stuck right now so yeah i think visualization is such an important tool in any aspect of life hmm. um to just follow what makes you feel good and not what makes you feel restricted <laughs> yeah no, it's yeah. interesting as well, because I think uh, when I, I go mountain biking and um, if there's uh, like one rule in mountain biking, it's uh, it's basically, you know, to to put your attention on where you want to go. So really focus on, you know, like uh, where you want to be. So if you've if you've got to go like up a really steep hill and you don't think you can make it, you really focus on the very top. If you if you start staring at a point halfway up the hill, you're never going to make it. You're going to stop halfway. So if you keep your your focus on the end where you're going, you're much more likely to, to get there. Exactly. It's, a, it's the same concept for anything. So that's a great, great way to put it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You want to have a goal in mind. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a, one, one more question to ask you, actually, that sure. I think, I think you're, you'll find quite interesting. Uh -huh. uh, so 
are, are you interested in the the law of attraction? Is that something? Mm-hmm. That, oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So are you? Y- yes, yes, <laughs> yes, and no. Like for me, it, it's it's interesting, but um, so I I have a a bit of a a nagging kind of um, not concern for me, but for for other people. It's something that worried yeah. me in the past when I was really stuck with OCD. So yeah, something that many people with OCD struggle with is this idea of magical thinking. No, mm-hmm. like oh, I just had a thought about this. You know, what if what if having this thought I can make that thing come true I can I've had that so many times yeah Yeah. and and so of course you know for many people with OCD they can they can start to to kind of if they start finding about out about the law of attraction Mm -hmm. where you know there's this idea of okay if you really think about something and you focus on it you can make that thing come true yeah in a positive way or a negative way um and if if you if you take that literally, then it, for people with OCD, and many people have contacted me about this because I wrote a blog about it. It That's can a be great, yeah, yeah. It can be quite problematic because you can really start to think, oh no, what if I'm like I'm thinking about this thing and <laughs> now it's going to happen because the law of attraction says this, but it oh, doesn't yeah. work like that. It what, doesn't. What, what, can you tell us about that? Because for some people, I think this can, this can be quite difficult. Yeah. And I can say this personally, because when I started opening to spirituality and learning about law of attraction, um, I had the same, the same fears. I'm like, but what if I drive off the cliff because I keep thinking about it? What if it manifests? Um, that's not exactly how it works. And manifestation, I think, works differently for so many people. But the reason that cannot manifest itself, me driving off a cliff, is because I know my soul would never do that. I know I would never do that. So you have to have this trust in yourself that your frequency is not in that false kind of vibration. Um, and when you manifest or have a vision of something, you have to take intentional steps to get there. So it, it's, you know, it's not magical thinking. It's having a vision and believing, having faith in that vision. But also the magical part of it is when the, these thoughts um, come up to lead you there. So it's called like inspired action, which may not seem logical, but it's eventually getting you towards your goal. And you start to recognize it the more you practice manifestation. You're like, oh, I should do that. Maybe that'll help, you know, this and this. It's not exactly logical, but let me try it. And it always feels good. It's never like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. I'm so scared to do this. It's never going to feel like that because, again, you're connecting with a higher part of yourself that's trying to get you there. So it's all in a vibration. Um, And the more you feel that energy, the more you recognize it. But you cannot manifest an intrusive thought. Um, You can manifest more intrusive thoughts by, you know, fearing the thought, (laughs) but the action you will never create unless you take intentional steps to get there. And most people with these thoughts don't want to do those things. So just trust in yourself and have faith and start to recognize the energy in yourself that's guiding you towards that manifestation. Um, And you can look at it as like a spiritual, magical way of getting there. I like to think of it as that sometimes, but um, we are human too, and we have to take action to get there. But the magical part is when those little magical ideas come in to get you there, basically. So that's the quote, magical thinking, I would say. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's really interesting. And, and uh, I think you've made that made that point really well. Okay, yeah. good. I thought it was a little... No, no, absolutely. 
And uh, I mean, so- something else I-, I wanted to mention as well is that, and I, I mentioned this in my blog, is that, you know, like uh, I'm, I'm always like thinking about winning the lottery, you know, like Love that. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about it all the time, but uh, I've never, I've never managed to, to manifest this just from thinking about it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know? And there's, there's literally also, you know, there's literally hundreds of things that when I was really stuck with OCD, I would think about all the time. Uh-huh. I would be literally so worried about them. Like, what if this happened? What if this happened? And I would, I would like worry about it for like six hours a day or something. Right, right. <laughs> and th- these things never happened, you know, mm-hmm. never. And I spent like from the age of 16 until 30, I didn't know I had OCD. I was just worrying about all this stuff. And uh, never once did I like manifest any of these terrible things that I was worried about. Of course. You know, because it just doesn't work like that, you know. It's, yeah, it, uh, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah, and I want to touch on you thinking about winning the lottery. Is that something that you truly, truly desired to have? Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, uh, there's there's a funny thing with money. Like, you know, mm-hmm. money, money ultimately is just money. Um, right, just but, energy. Yeah, however, if you desire freedom, you know, if you if you truly desire freedom, which I do, money does give you that ultimate freedom mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, if you're financially independent, then you can choose to do the exact work that you want throughout your day uh, and you can choose to help people in the way that you want. So in, in that regard, with that re- <laughs> in that respect, then yes, I, I would like to, uh, to to win the lottery. But that I think is, yeah, in, go ahead. Sorry. In the past, I would have come at it from a different place. I would have been like, I want to win a lottery because I want to get a <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think that's so important that you said that because the way you said, I want to win the lottery is a completely different frequency than you saying, I want to help people and I want to have the freedom in doing that. And along with that comes financial abundance. There's, it's all energy. Like you saying that is, sending a frequency out and whatever comes back to you is just infinity. It comes and it goes and it comes and it goes. And that's how I look at money. Uh, when you're serving and giving, it has to come back to you regardless. That's the law of attraction. That's, that's manifestation. But if you say, I want to win the lottery because I need the money, you know, that just puts a restriction on the flow. It's like, Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. why do you want this money? And it does it align with you. Is this in alignment for you at this moment? Is your energy matching that frequency? Um, or is your energy matching? Like I could use $500 this week. This would really help me. Um, that's probably more likely than, you know, winning the lottery, but it could happen. It could definitely, anything could happen. So I think that's really interesting that you pointed out, um, the language around your manifestation is important because it's energy. You're putting out energy to call in energy. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Fantastic. Beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Very much so. Mina, thank you so much for your time. It's been uh, been fantastic talking to you. Yeah, it was so nice to meet you. Um, Yeah, please come on my podcast. I'm begging you. (laughs) (laughs) I will definitely come on. And if people want to find out uh, more about you and uh, and, and get in touch, how can they they do so? Yeah, I have a website. It's minasoto.com, M-I-N-A-S-O-T-O. And then that's all my coaching stuff. And then on Instagram, it's basically music and coaching. So underscore Minnesota underscore. Um, but yeah, I'm usually there. 
seven days a week. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank okay. you so much. No, thank you for coming on. It's been, uh, it's been great. It's been awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you. Remember, if you want to know more about me, you can check me out on Instagram, Robert James Coaching UK. You can go and join the Facebook group if you like, the Robert James Coaching Anxiety and OCD Support Group. And also you can check out my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com. Many thanks. And now just a quick reminder of my disclaimer. Any information that you view on my website, Instagram page, Facebook group, or anywhere else online, or any information that you listen to on the podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist, or any other medical or mental health professional.